hear God, yes. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. John three seventeen. The lesson that changed my life came out of crisis. I had been the pastor of my current church slightly more than a year when I learned a longtime staff member was having an affair. The affair had been going on for nearly three years, but none of us knew about it. When the news began to leak out, some of the people in the church questioned if my leadership could be trusted in such a critical matter. I hadn't been on board long enough to earn their confidence. What's more, I didn't know whom I could trust. Who had the ear of the doubters? Whose advice should I listen to? While I didn't have all the answers, I did know that one way or another the church and I would get through this. We had no other choice. And we did get through it. The church stayed together, and by the grace of God, both families affected by the affair stayed intact. By the time the church began to recover, however, I was coming close to losing it. I was wrung out, drained dry, beyond exhaustion. There was nothing left inside me. I cried. I cried a lot. I prayed a lot. I told God how angry I was at the way things had gone. How could a trusted member of the pastoral staff have done something like that? Some of the church's members would never get over it. Innocent families were still trying to work through the pain of betrayal and humiliation. Because of the actions of two people, a church and its future ministry were now in doubt. I wasn't the only one who was angry. People were angry at me, as well as the minister involved and the person with whom he had had the affair. I was one of the few people who knew all of the details. What one person hadn't told me, somebody else had. Sometimes knowing things you don't want to know about other people is an exhausting burden. This was not the way I had seen my ministry working out, but this was the way it was going. Sometimes God shows up. Still drained and running on empty, I had to prepare for a planning week with the pastoral staff. Leading up to it, I got away to my parents' house on a lake in North Alabama to pray and to work through the plan. As I spread my resource materials across a large table in the kitchen, it hit me that I might not be around to preach the sermons I was about to plan for the coming year. Too much had happened at the church. And when you work through a crisis like this one, sometimes you become a daily reminder of the pain everyone has suffered. Like Moses, Some pastors can get you to the River Jordan, but not into the Promised Land. Maybe God had brought me to this church to get everyone through the crisis. But now, having gotten them through it, I would have to be replaced by someone else who could lead the church into its future. I can't tell you how betrayed I felt. I had thought I was coming to a creative and energetic congregation where I had a chance to make a real difference. And now that dream was being buried in the rubble of lies and betrayal. My anger kept burning. Why should my ministry end prematurely? Because I had to protect innocent people from the details of all that had happened. Everything I had been holding inside for months erupted at the lake house. I came apart. I prayed, but if you had been there, you might not have called it prayer. You would have called it screaming. God had betrayed me. He had kept things from me. Why didn't he warn me in advance what things were like? Why did he send me there, knowing I would walk into a firestorm of someone else's making? I demanded answers. 
I really wanted God to come there, to the lake house, and put up an honest fight. I was ready to exhaust myself wrestling with God, just as Jacob had. I'd hang in there all night if I had to, and I was willing to walk away with a limp, if that's what it took. At that moment, in light of what I was facing back at my church, the limp seemed as if it would be sweet relief. But God did not come. The next morning I sat in a rocking chair on the back porch. God hadn't answered, and I told him I couldn't go on like this. I made it known I wasn't leaving the chair until something changed. I didn't whisper that prayer out of boldness or even great faith. It was nothing that noble. Either something would change, or I would give in to complete despair. I sat on the porch all day. At dusk, suddenly the air felt different. I can't explain it other than to say I knew God was coming, and He was coming close.